So we hear, if it is encouraging, let him encourage. And we think of encouraging meaning to be uh, to make you feel good, make you feel better. And that's part of what encouragement is. I mean, that's a part of its purpose, to make you feel better about things, life, God's faithfulness to you, your circumstances, how you're going to be able to deal with that. That's that's all in there in making you feel better. That should be how we do that. It should be deeper than just, you know, bumper stickers and things like that. But we kind of have weakened encouragement to, you know, make you feel better. When it's right there in the word, more of what it means, encouragement means to pour courage into somebody, not just make them feel better. That will not even necessarily be your goal at all. But to actually pour courage into another person to do and to be what they do and what they need to be. That's completely different, isn't it? Because encouragement that just makes you feel better, you may fall into the trap of just saying, well, I made you feel better, but I didn't encourage you to do anything, and I didn't think that you should do anything, and, and I just I just wanted you to feel better about the pig pit that you're in. I didn't encourage you to get out of it. You see the difference? And we've weakened that word to just, you know, kind of a feel-good thing. So the word that's there is also translated exhortation, and I think that's a better translation of the word because of the way our words have changed. I think it communicates to us a little bit better. And they are supposed to be interchangeable, but just not with our common vernacular anymore. So the Greek word here is parakaleo, and it means to call. And not just to call like come over here, but to call to something or to call to do something or to call to be something. And so it's it's an action word. You're not just pouring niceness into somebody. You are calling and encouraging them into an action of some sort or another. And they may already know what that action is, or they may not. The gift of exhortation is that you help them either way. Maybe they know what they need to do, but you had the gift of helping people to actually build up the courage and the faith to get after it and to do it and not just stay on the sideline any longer. Uh, you had the gift of uh, helping somebody to see Hey, here is how this could work. Can you can you give that a try? And, you know, I'll, I'll be here. I'll support you and I'll help you through this. But let's try this. And so that's that's the gift of exhortation. Again, much more than just helping somebody feel better about a moment. Uh, it's it's much more than that. And uh, there, it's more than just um, telling them to do it. Para, as you understand, means to come alongside. If you are a para church organization you're an organization that is not the church but you work alongside the church to help it accomplish its mission as things like children's homes and christian universities and all different kinds of charities and and uh non-profit organizations you work alongside okay this has that same meaning so you don't just talk you encourage the person and you you walk alongside them you come up alongside them maybe you serve with them, or maybe you show them by example how to do what it is they're trying to muscle up the courage to do. And so there is an, an active participation angle that encourage doesn't give you, does it? Encourage is, is an awesome word, and it's an awesome thing to do, but that doesn't quite get all the way there. Okay, There are some examples, and, and we'll come to that here in just a second. I've said this. I'm going to put it up there. I want you all to see that. I want to soak in. Uh, Ellie was telling me the other day that memory works better if it's yellow on blue, or maybe, I, I don't know, one of us was telling the other that we had this conversation. 
so it's yellow and it's on blue. So y'all going to stick that thing in your head and keep it, right? You got it? Okay, go. Now we'll get the next one. So this is a good summary of what this gift is. And I didn't find this uh, website until I was looking at last week's. And then I found some really good material there. And I encourage you to go there. If you want to, by the way, you can go to this spiritualgiftsproject.org. And they have what's called a spiritual gift assessment. It doesn't mean that it says this is what you have. But it has you take a survey, answer some questions. It'll kind of help you kind of find in the direction where, hey, this may be a place where God has put this on my heart or has given me the gifts to do this particular uh, work and ministry in the church. And if you were interested in that, you can go there and, and do that. The spiritual gift of exhortation is a special ability God gives some to strengthen the weak, faltering, and faint-hearted Christians in such a way that they are motivated to be all God wants them to be. See, it's not just a feeling. I don't want you to just feel better. I want you to grow. We want you to, to see what God can do in and through you beyond where you are right now. Okay, so it's, it's, it's a growing thing. The focus of a person with the gift of exhortation is the spiritual welfare of the individual. And they illustrate this through their actions and participation in the body. It will go beyond feeding someone. It will be feeding someone and feeding them spiritually as well. Helping them get back on their feet. And, and actually seeing beyond just the immediate physical need, but into the spiritual as well. That's just the way that people like this are going to see the world and, and see those around them. A good example is Barnabas. So go over to Acts chapter 11, and uh, we'll look here at, at a little bit about Barnabas. You know he's called, of course, the son of encouragement. Again, same Greek word. He could just as easily have been known to you as the son of exhortation, if that's what the translators had said instead. And it would have been more accurate, according to our common language now, than son of encouragement is as a translation. Because Barnabas was not somebody who just made people feel better. Barnabas was somebody who caused people in the church to grow and to do and to be better. Okay, And there's a couple of good examples of this. So first, we'll look at this one here in uh, chapter 11. It won't be on the screen, so you'll have to use a Bible. Uh, starting in verse, uh, let's see, where do I want to go? Right then, three men. That's not where I want to be. Antioch. I'm going to Antioch. I have my, my verses backwards here. Verse 19. I was looking at 9. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyrus, and Antioch telling the message only to the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Now, just look at that phrase for a second. He encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord and with all their hearts. That encouragement was not just, he said, that's cool. Y'all did something good. Yeah, you. That's what we think of as encouragement now. He exhorted them. He said, there, this is awesome. God is doing a good work here. You now have another step. And that step is to be faithful to the Lord, true to the Lord, true to his word, true to his work, 
and get after it. God is doing good things here. Now it's your job to be a part of those good things and move the ball forward. That's exhortation. Not just, yay you, but actually helping you then to move on to the next step even higher. Uh, this is kind of one of those qualities you look for, in, for example, in a good coach or in, a, or in an elder. Somebody who doesn't just say, yeah, I think you're neat, but somebody who says, I think there's more in you than you realize, and I want to help you get there. Right? There's, there's a big difference between those two things. Barnabas had this. You see it in all of the little places that you see Barnabas, you see this. And it was so much so that that's why they then named him the son of encouragement or the son of exhortation. This is who you are. That's somebody you know has the gift. When you start to just nickname them after their gift, that's incredible. But this is who Barnabas was. You see it, as I said, every time that he's mentioned in Scripture. It goes on. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. He was fruitful. Why was he fruitful? Because he was using the gift he had. There are many, 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 many gifts in this room in people. There are more gifts than people because some people are multi-gifted. We ought to be able to see the same kind of fruitfulness, whether this is your gift or one or some of the others. The same kind of fruitfulness ought to be coming naturally from this body of believers as we implement the gifts that God gives. God calls us not just to know what our gifts are. And you may say, well, I don't know what mine are. I don't think I have that. Here's a cool thing. Scripture also says you can ask. Paul told the Corinthian church so eagerly desired those those greater gifts. In his mind, the greater gifts were more things like this than the flashbang ones. His eagerly desire those greater gifts, the ones that are love expressed through faith. Look for those gifts. Ask God for them. It may not be that you're bad at identifying what your gift is. It may be, James talks about this, that you just haven't asked. Why haven't you asked? Ask. Ask more than once. Luke 18, Jesus says, just keep asking until he gives it. Just do it. Just keep going back. God, I would love to exhort and encourage people. Well, he likes people who are willing. He likes people who have a desire. Ask him. You might be surprised what he does in you. Give him the glory when it happens. But ask. Get out there and start looking for Maybe, maybe it's time that you, you start asking for it. Lord, I need a new one. Ask him. Maybe he'll do it. I have a friend that was terrible at singing. Terrible at singing. Terrible at leading singing. He, that's his words. Okay, so I'm not knocking him. Terrible. Then, after about 10 years, and because of a need in their congregation... He started praying about it. He started working up some courage. Some people exhorted him to do so. Why, I have no idea. Uh, you know what I mean? Sometimes they can see something in somebody the rest of us don't see. And they said, you, you need to do this. So he followed the Lord's leading. Now he leads in singing in different churches all the time. And he's good at it. And he himself is now an encourager and an exhorter of other people to find and use gifts. God will give you, according to needs and faith and grace, gifts for the moment that you might have been right. You didn't have that. 
but through the Spirit, maybe now you do. So be open to those things that change. In Acts 15, we see another example of Paul and Barnabas, and we won't read all of that, but a lot of us are familiar. I'll just give you a quick recap. Uh, In Acts 15, there is a young man named John Mark, who is, we believe, the guy who wrote the Gospel of Mark, but this is way before he was that mature. He was a young man. He was a little bit of a, a little bit nervous, a little bit of a, we would say maybe a fraidy cat. I think in the 70s, that's what we would have said if we were, you know, third graders. Uh, he was a little bit of a fraidy cat. He got scared and decides to go back to Jerusalem. There was some persecution happening and he didn't want to be any part of that. There might be good reasons for that that we could get into another time. But uh, he he runs home. Paul says, yeah, I, I can't work with that guy. Uh, he's not reliable. He wasn't there when I needed him. He went back home. Give me somebody who's not going to run away. And Barnabas says, but I think the guy has potential. You would think Paul would listen because Paul was one of those people about whom Barnabas had once said, I think the guy has potential. When the rest of the church was like, he killed my aunt. I want nothing to do with him. Barnabas said, but I think God has potential in this man. Well, Barnabas does the same thing to Paul and tells him, listen, you, I think I think God can do something with this John Mark. I know that he, you know, he's got some growing to do, but I really think that he ought to go with us. They disagreed so sharply, as as a lot of you know, they disagreed so sharply that Paul and Barnabas, very, very good close friends and co-workers, split ways for a while. Barnabas had such a strong gifting in this area that he could just see what other people didn't see in John Mark. And he was right. He was right. He takes John Mark, he mentors him, and that's a part of this gift, the willingness to not just encourage in a moment and in a word, but to mentor, to work alongside, to help the person grow, to continually encourage, to continually build up, to continually teach. And he does this with John Mark, and he does such a good job with him that later on Paul says, you know, I need a, I need a hand, and you know who I think would be really good? John Mark. He actually calls on John Mark later on and says, I think you need to send him to me because he's a good guy. Well, how did he get there? Without an exhorter, that wouldn't have happened. That's how crucial the gift is to the church. There are people here who have tremendous potential. And they need those of you who have the gift of exhortation to strengthen them, guide them, encourage them, teach them, correct them, rebuke them, help them grow. Barnabas had to do all those things with John Mark. Paul had to do all those things with Timothy. People have had to do all those things with every one of us in some way or another. And the church needs people like that. We need that so much that that's actually part of the Holy Spirit's role too. It's the same, it's been up there a while, it's the same root word as the Holy Spirit's name of helper or comforter in the book of John. When he talks in John 14 about the Holy Spirit as being a helper that he will leave behind for the apostles, this is the word he uses, a paraclete, just like parakaleo, paraclete, a helper, an exhorter, an encourager, always to help you grow, always to help you be better, 
and always to help you to do better. So, what would it look like if you had this gift? Here's some a list again from the Spiritual Gifts site. I just think they put together some good material on this, so I want to share it with you. Look for this. There's people in the room we're about to describe. Come to this. They come to the side of those who are weak in spirit to strengthen them. They challenge or confront others to trust and hope in the promises of God. Again, our word encourage has evolved to where it can only be the power of positive thinking. Well, this is positive, but sometimes it is correction so that it will be positive. Okay, just like when you're driving your car, it's not a negative thing when you start to swerve and you turn the steering wheel back to where it belongs. That's a good thing, right? Otherwise, there's going to be a wreck. Correction is not a bad thing when you're driving. Correction is not a bad thing when you're living. That is somebody who loves you enough not to see you have an accident over in the ditch. And they're trying to steer you back to center. Okay? And a gifted person in exhortation can do that. So you challenge or confront others to trust and hope in the promises of God. You urge others to action by applying biblical truth. It's not about what you think. It is biblical truth. Here's where God wants us to be, and I can help you get there, and I want to help you get there. We'll pray together, study together, and we'll get there. Other advice, and offer advice, and outline for a solution or a program for progress. Motivate others to grow in faith and their walk with God. To project an attitude of love, worship, and faith in God, all for the betterment of the body. That last part's important. Not for our own self-glory, but all to the glory of God and the betterment of the body of Christ, the expansion of the kingdom of Christ. So, you know, look at yourself. Look at, at your spouse or your kids or your grandparents and see there are people in this room that have this gift. And we thank God for those people. And there are people in this room that have this gift and they don't even know it. And boy, if they knew it, could they really run with it and do some good in the body of Christ? And that brings us to Hebrews 10. So on any gift, we also know that even when it's not our gift, we have responsibilities in all these areas. Even if hospitality is not your gift, hospitality is also a command of God. In fact, it was right down there in, uh, well, I'm in the wrong book now, but it was in Romans 12, down there around verse 13. Practice hospitality, and he didn't say just the gifted, right? So all of these things still apply to all of us. We are all to, uh, Paul told Timothy, to correct and rebuke and exhort people through the word of God. That's something that we're all supposed to do. So the Hebrew writer says, well, let's think about how we're going to do that. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage, exhort. Again, it's the same Greek word, parakaleo. So it's, again, exhort one another. Call people to action. Put that in there. So, but calling one another to action and all the more as we see the day approaching. So all of us play a role in that, whether we had the gift or not. Exercise the obedience of faith to start encouraging and exhorting other people, spurring one another on, and you may just find the Holy Spirit pouring this into you as a gift to go from fruitfulness to fruitfulness, which is what it's all about, isn't it? 
John 15 says that's why God has connected us all to the vine who is Jesus, that we would bear much fruit. Let's pray together. Father, we again come to you and we ask you, let us see these gifts implemented in this body and help us to have an impact that is incredible for you. Father, we pray uh, not just for those who can go out and encourage and, and call people to action, but Father, we pray for the people that they encourage, for the people that they call to action. I pray that you would give them strength and give them faith and help them find their place in the functioning body of Christ. Father, we pray that it all brings you glory. And we pray, Father, that it brings people into eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and say.